Good morning, Eastside family and friends. Glad you could join us online this morning. We're going to continue trying to deal with some of the things that we're facing today and uh, kind of uh, hook our wagon to uh, last week's message um, and stay in uh, the line of uh, dealing with prophecy, how to deal with that, and then how to deal with the culture that we, that we face every week. So if you've got your Bibles, turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. We're also going to be in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, which is basically the same story. It's a story that, of course, Paul writes to the church at Corinth on his third missionary journey. Uh, I think he's writing this letter uh, and uh, before he is imprisoned in Rome. And uh, we're also going to be in the book of Acts, chapter 20, where Paul does go to prison or is about to go to prison. There's a prophecy over him and how to deal with that and, and kind of what he's, he's facing ahead of him and the decisions that, that Paul makes when he hears the prophecy. So I want to start with this. Let's read 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 15, and uh, I'm going to go through uh, 4.1. Paul writes, yes, to this day, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies over their hearts. But when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Therefore, having this ministry by the mercy of God, we do not lose heart. And so we recognize the fact that, that our eyes, at one time in our lives, were veiled. We, we didn't see the truth. We, 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 we were lost. We were lost without Christ. And what, what opened our hearts... And how the veil was removed is when we turned to the Lord and made Jesus our Savior. And so as we think about the world and as we think about our mission in this world, we've got to recognize the fact that, that everybody is blinded, that people's faces are veiled unless they've turned to the Lord. Unless they've made Jesus their Savior, they don't even have eyes to see. And so the first thing that we've got to recognize is that no matter what, people are blinded. And even at best, they're, they're in the process of being transformed from glory to glory. So the first thing that we've got to know about people is that the veil, firstly, has to be removed. We were blinded, they're blinded until we believe. The world is blinded without Jesus. The second thing that we've got to see and that we see in this verse is that we've got to grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But there's this process that we talk about all the time that, that, that people are growing. Well, when people don't know the Lord, they're also being wooed to the cross. The, the Holy Spirit is wooing them to the cross and, 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 and petitioning them to come and receive what God's provision for them. So we need to grow in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus. In verse 17 in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, it says this, Now the Lord is the Spirit, 
and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. Now, when we talk about freedom, let me, let me just describe what that means. Freedom is following the Spirit no matter where He takes you. Freedom isn't being able to do whatever you want to do. Freedom is following the Spirit in the midst of tough circumstances, recognizing the fact that God's got this. Freedom is putting your hope in Christ, recognizing that the Spirit of God is going to make sure that the Word of God is accomplished in your life. And no matter what you see, you can be free knowing that God's in charge. That's what freedom really is. Freedom is seeing beyond the veil. Freedom is seeing uh, who Jesus is, the calmer of the storm, the one who the one that you can build your house on, the, 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 the truth, the way, and the life. That's, that's who Jesus is. And it's, it's a confidence. Freedom is a confidence in the Spirit leading us through. And so where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. And we all, with unveiled face, beheld the glory of the Lord. In 2 Corinthians, it keeps on talking uh, in, in, this, in this between 3 and 5, really, which we don't have time to go over the whole thing, what it does is it, 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 it points out the fact that, that even the disciples were blinded by the veil. They, 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 they saw Jesus as just a man. At some point, they saw Jesus as a man. And then at some point in their walk, they, their eyes were open. They began to see. And not only did they begin to see, they saw more and more and more until they had revelation of the resurrected Christ. I, I, I've got an image of John and Peter running to, to, the, to the tomb and discovering that Jesus had raised from the dead. And, and, and Mary coming back and telling the disciples, that she had seen the risen Lord. They grew in their understanding, in their revelation of the greatness and the goodness of God. The glory of the Lord kept getting bigger. It kept expanding. And so when we look at people, we've got to understand that at best, they're in process. At worst, the veil is still down. Now, we've been given instruction uh, as we, as we deal with the world, God gives instruction in the book how to, how to, how to do that. Let, let me just kind of give you a scenario that I heard this week that I think is incredible. Uh, I was in the Navy, and uh, any of you guys or gals that were in the military, you'll, you'll understand this. And hopefully, if you've watched television, <laughs> you'll get a grip on this too. Uh, uh, we had uh, we had company commanders in the Navy when we were in boot camp, and of course the Marine Corps, you know, has drill sergeants, and so does the Army. And I'm not sure that the Air Force has boot camp. I don't know. You have to ask some of those guys. But anyway, uh, uh, if you were to told our company commander, or if you were to tell a drill sergeant in the Marines when he asks you what's your mission, and you say 
you know, I'm trying to discover my mission. You'd probably be doing push-ups until you can no longer lift yourself off the ground. Because, because the soldier didn't have a mission. The Navy sailor didn't have a mission. The Navy had a mission. And the sailor had an assignment. The Marine Corps has a mission. And the, and the Marine has an assignment. And the same thing is true in the church. The church has a mission. And the sailor or the Christian or the son or the daughter, we have an assignment. And, and God, through Paul, writes that assignment down in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 16, 16 through 21. If you want to read this with me, uh, I'm going to read 16 through 21. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. In other words, we don't look at anybody as a person that hasn't seen the light. We don't we don't regard anyone according to the f flesh, even though we once regarded Christ according to, to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. And so what Paul is writing here, he's giving us this assignment. As the church, we have a mission. And as a son and daughter or as an ambassador of Christ, we've been given this mission. And that mission is the same mission as Jesus. We, 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 we hear and see that this is pointed out by Paul, that Christ was looked at in the flesh, but no longer was he looked at. He was looked at as as the Messiah, as the Christ, as the Son of God, as the one who rose from the dead. And what Paul is saying is, quit looking at people in their old man. Start looking at people in the new man. You know, even though they haven't attained it yet, see them as someone who, if they have the veil lifted, can totally, totally be radically changed in Christ. And it says, so quit looking in that way. We, we, we all once were in our old, but now the new has come. Jesus came to be reconciled, the reconciler to God, and he has assigned us and given us and entrusted us the message of reconciliation. What does that mean? That means you and I are agents of reconciliation. You and I should be focused on our assignment, and that is doing everything in our power to reconcile people to God. Not seeing them broken, not seeing them veiled, not seeing them rebellious, but seeing them made whole, seeing them new, seeing them reconciled to God. And our mission or our assignment in the church's mission is to be reconcilers to God. So let me read that one more time. All this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself. 
and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors of Christ, God making his appeal through us, we implore you on behalf of Christ to be reconciled to God. For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. You know, our desire, our hope as, as, a, as a church is to begin to emulate the nature and the character of God to such a degree that it, it draws people to him. You know, they become jealous of our relationship with God. They become jealous of us being transformed from glory to glory to glory. That we're getting better and better and better and more like him. And so we are reconciled. Our assignment is in this turmoil, in this, in this deal that we've got here going on, that we would be reconcilers to God. No matter what we see, no matter how mad it makes us, we need to quit looking at people in the flesh and start looking at them as, as people who have the potential to have the veil moved and become new. And if we'll look at somebody as not a broken a broken, useless person and start looking at them as someone that God wants to reconcile, it'll change the way we approach things. It'll change the way you and I approach things. So, so what I want to kind of do is I want to kind of combine that assignment that we're given by Paul, written to the church at Corinth on his third missionary journey to, to after this when he's about to be in prison and he he encounters a couple of things. The first thing he encounters is, is his friends. If you'll, if you'll go back and read the story, it's written around Acts chapter 20. You can see all this uh, unfold right here in Acts chapter 20. But what happens is he's got a bunch of his friends, a bunch of his friends come around him, and, they, and they're prophesying. And when they do, it even says in Scripture that the Spirit of the Lord gave them this prophecy. And so it's not a false prophecy. It is, and it is, it's kind of hard because, you know, they go, they go and tell him that, you know, when he goes to Rome, it's going to get rough. Things are going to be rough. Things are going to be tough for you. You're going to be imprisoned and stoned. And all these kind of things are going to begin to happen to you. And they're weeping and they're begging him not to go. And what Paul really says is he goes, hey, you guys cut that out. Cut that out. You know, you're breaking my heart here. In a couple of ways, you know, you break it in in the fact that we're going to be separated and, and also in the fact that you don't trust that in the midst of this hardship that the Spirit of God is going to be with me and he's called me to this place. So he does that to, the, to his friends and then later on uh, this prophet comes up to him that he doesn't know like he does his friend and gives him the same prophecy. And in Acts chapter 20 verse 22 and 24 Paul says this, and see, now I go bound in the spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will happen to me there, except that 
the Holy Spirit testifies in every city, saying that change and tribulations await me, but none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself, so that I may finish my race with joy, and the ministry which I receive from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. In other words, nothing is going to change. None of his circumstances, none of the prophecies that come change his following the Spirit in the midst of it. So, so what can I take away from that? Well, uh, you can take away that prophecy should never change your direction if you're following the Spirit. Where is Jesus in the prophecy? What, what, what is Jesus saying in the midst of the prophecy? Testing the Spirit, making sure you get the full story. And knowing that, God decides everything. God even decides how long the enemy is allowed to wreak havoc. You know, one of the things that we talk about when the veil's been removed and we're growing in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ and we're about the assignment that God has and that we've got all these prophetic gifts that are moving, you see all this stuff everywhere and you hear all these words and all that kind of stuff, where's Jesus in the prophecy? Test the Spirit and recognize the fact that God it decides everything. He decides everything. He decides when enough is enough, when Satan's barrage is halted. So in the midst of tough times, Paul didn't change his direction because he knew he was led by the Spirit. So how do you marry these two passages? This is what I want you to, to see. In the midst of where we're at, in the midst of uncertainty, in the midst of, of rioting, in the midst of corona, in the midst of, you know, the economic situations that we find ourselves in. Just got a couple of emails this week. People are, you know, their jobs are being um, done away with or they're being switched or moved to another apartment. I mean, things are changing uh, everywhere we go. In the midst of that, the Spirit of the Lord, even though he might prophesy that times are tough, the thing that we've got to know is that as he moves us in, we've got an assignment. No matter where he moves us, no matter what's going on, our assignment is to be reconcilers. We've been given the ministry of reconciliation. Paul knew that. When Paul went to Rome, he knew that he was going to be put in front of the kings and the governors and those in high authority. And he knew that if he could win some of those to Christ, that, that it would impact a culture. And he was willing to risk whatever it took so that he could be a reconciler, so that he could, he could succeed in his ministry of reconciliation. That's what I want to encourage you to do today. We have a ministry of reconciliation. Where you are, you have a ministry of reconciliation. How do you do that? You do that by looking at people differently. No matter how messed up they are, no matter what their point of view, no matter how thick the veil is over their eyes, don't look at them as an old man. Look at them as the, the possibility 
that if they're reconciled to God and that veil is lifted, if they choose Christ, then they can be transformed from glory to glory to glory. They can get on the same path that you're on. That's our assignment. That's your and my assignment in the midst of chaos. Let's do it well. Let's pray. Father, I thank you today that you give us an opportunity to shine our light in the midst of tough times. I thank you, God, that, that we're not the accuser of the brethren. I thank you, God, that we have hope, that we trust in you, that we place our hope and our faith in the fact that no matter what is going on, no matter what we see around us, that we can focus on the thing uh, that is uh, actually possible, and that is that everywhere we go, people can be reconciled to you. Help us keep focused on the thing that matters to you. Help us recognize, God, that even if these prophecies or whatever we're reading and seeing, and even if the doomsday media is correct and everything's going to just crash and murder, God, you're going to be with us in the midst. You will never leave us or forsake us. And in the midst of that, our assignment is to help people be reconciled to you. May we focus on what you've assigned us, and may we do it well, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a great day.